Okay, what are we doing now? Oh, Hobbs and Shaw. Did you watch it? Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> I wouldn't have said. I wouldn't have said yes if I hadn't seen it. <laughs> that would be so funny if I did one of these without having Just seen it to... and I lied to you. <laughs> that would be really funny. Um... I might try to do that sometime. Oh my gosh! I bet I would figure it out. I don't know, dude. I'm pretty good. Welcome to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. Uh, and I'm Ty Turley. And, uh, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I'm so excited to be coming to you today in your, in your home or the gym. Or the car. Isn't that how podcasts always start? Do the podcasts that you listen to say that every time? Not every... Nope. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe I don't listen to the same kind of... Hard workout podcast you do? <laughs> yeah, ties really into fitness podcasts. Uh, it's it's more aspirational. I'm never at the gym while I listen, but uh, this week we're going to be talking about. Fa- <laughs> I don't even know what the full title is. The Fast and Furious presents, presents yes, Hobbs and Shaw, yes. Uh, but before we get to that, I wanted to give a genre recommendation, and this one's going to be a little unique. It's not a real movie but a movie we'd like to see created as a spinoff from an existing movie universe. Yes. I can go first. <laughs> yeah, please. Well, I this is interesting because I'm obsessed with the play Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. You know that play? A spinoff. It's a spinoff. It's two minor characters in Hamlet. And it's, I think, a genius play. So ingenious. And so I've always wanted to do that. I was always wanted to write a film like that based on two characters in a Star Wars movie. Okay. But then I just found out this week, I was watching an interview with Jon Favreau, and his next project is, he's doing that basically with Star Wars. Where the Mandalorian. Yeah. I'm so mad. So he's going to make a, <laughs> he's going to make a, it's going to be about all those bounty hunters. Yeah. Out at some, you know, the edge of space after the empire collapses, so a lawless time. So he's going to get to do what I wanted to do. That's fine. But it's re- too bad he he beat you to a second project. You were pitching a live action remake of The Lion King three years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was like, I've been training this little cub. He will do whatever I tell him to. <laughs> and it was it wasn't enough. Yeah, John Favreau said we should do a podcast about him someday. He's had an interesting career, but but what I want to say is I still might try to someday to pitch this to Disney if I ever had power in Hollywood. I would. It would be like a detective film noir, but set with um, I don't know because I really I had that idea and that's kind of close to bounty hunting. But I would try to make it differentiated from this project. Obviously, um, try to try to find some characters that are that you could say are solving a mystery. I also don't know. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I do like the universe. I just don't know it well enough to like. I'd have to watch all the movies again, and take notes, <laughs> and probably read like the thousand books that are out there. Uh, no, that's the thing about spinoffs. You don't have to do that. Well, isn't because isn't only, but, only there's a very set. It's a very small set of um, films and books that are in the canon recognized by Disney as authoritative on the story. That's true. But I guess if you wanted to just get a feel for the world or where they could go. No, I would I would I think that would bias bias my mind. Who cares? No, I, I just don't want to like end up telling someone else's story. I want to do my own. Okay. Okay. 
But like, wouldn't that be cool to have like an edgy, dark, moody, but but still like you know still like the classic, tough as nails, funny detective, but in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. Star Wars spinoff would be pretty cool. It could also be I've I've thought it could be that one dude in um, Guardians of the Galaxies who has the the, the blue arrow. Wait, who's that? The guy with the arrow where he whistles and it goes around. Oh, no, he's well, interesting. I picked, I picked the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, I was Sorry, I'll to, let you just tell me. I was I about to, to explain. Yeah, you know, I'm just telling you. He, I think he wears a white formal kind of jacket, and he has the kind of like the antique shop in the universe where all that junk is. The Collector. The Collector. Benicio Del Toro's character. Yeah. He, that, he's probably got a weird story. Yeah, I think he's an interesting character. I'd, I'd enjoy thinking about what he does on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay uh so it's the spinoff that i thought of uh i recently watched heat because we had been talking about michael mann stuff and i think like a young robert de niro in that movie trying to figure out like how he gets from the marines to being a criminal and like totally on his own and he's very cold though in that movie so i don't know how well it would work but i think like a young, and you could throw in some heists and robberies and stuff. Is he a minor? I haven't seen it. Is he a minor character in that movie? N- no, he's the main character. So that's not a spinoff. That's a prequel. Well, okay. Val Kilmer is a minor character in that movie as a thief. We could do him. Oh, well, I don't want to ruin your thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> I got the rules to my own made up <laughs> suggestion wrong. Do you agree with me? I don't want to. I don't want to force this on you. This interpretation. Well, Heat is half about Robert De Niro and half about Al Pacino okay. as the policeman. And really, it's it's a the whole movie is kind of split where they show both perspectives and they mirror each other. So it might work. Okay. Do you recommend Heat? Should we watch it? Oh, we definitely. You should definitely watch Heat. Okay. It's good. It brings it. Yeah, it's hot. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about Hobbs and Shaw. I don't know. This intro might have been more interesting than Hobbs and Shaw, but okay, go ahead. So Hobbs and Shaw is not a good movie. It's very dumb. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm surprised because Reed and I don't talk about the movies before we do the podcast, but usually if, we, if he thinks the movie's dumb, we don't schedule a time to talk about it. Uh, little inside baseball. We're just recording this right after we record another podcast. We already made this connection, so it wasn't such a barrier to entry. Oh gosh, we could have done the. Oh, we could have done the art of self defense. Maybe we still will. Maybe. Keep, keep your keep your uh, podcast page refreshed. I guess I think this movie is interesting because I thought it might be good. What? But it took a lot of the ridiculous parts of Fast and the Furious and just sort of doubled down on them. What is that? Just like the. I don't know, kind of weird villain, the extreme sequences, the bad dialogue. So bad. Like, it, the, I the, thought... The plot makes no sense of this movie, by the way. There's like three <laughs> double crosses and family drama on both families. Yeah. Okay, also, but I, have to, I do have to confess, I missed the first five minutes of this film. That would have set up her getting the virus in her hand. Okay. But I think that's it. Yeah, you see her, you see it go down where she has to inject it or someone injects it into her. 
Idris Elba kills her whole team and is chasing her down, and she injects it herself and escapes. Okay. Well, you learn that all in the next ten minutes anyway. Yeah. But I thought Hobbs and Shaw sort of ended the last Fast and Furious movie on good terms. Like, everyone sort of worked it out. So it was surprising that they were so antagonistic in this movie, I thought. They have to be. That's the whole comedic... That's the, that's the, the source of the comedic banter. Sure. They could have still been making fun of each other in a friendlier way. You thought it was too harsh? Or just like, yeah, just I was surprised how antagonistic it was. It kind of takes the fun out of it. It's like, whoa, guys, lighten up. But like, yeah, they're insulting each other was funny. Um, Was it? Was it, though? Was it? No. So was it? No. No, I don't don't think it was that funny. Uh, But I was surprised the cameos I thought were the funniest part of this movie. Yeah, well, I think that's true, too. But, uh, uh, yeah, although they still weren't even that funny, but it's a low <laughs> bar for this film. I thought Kevin Hart was funny, but I feel like also it's just the same kind of thing he always does. Like, he's very much always playing the same character. Sort of high-strung, trying to be bigger than he is. Yeah, hyper, like, hyper and, yeah, let me in. Let me in, let me in, guys. Yeah, I think the sort of set pieces... You know, the London fights, the one in Russia or the Ukraine, and then the Samoa one, which they did not film in Samoa. <laughs> no, so, they didn't. Uh, it was a little hurtful to me. <laughs> Even though the words they were saying, the one Samoan word in, in 10 in each of those sentences was correctly Samoan. Wait. Well, so that's impressive. What were the other words in those sentences? English? They'd be in English, which is so so ridiculous. If this whole family lived in Samoa, don't get me started. Reed lived in Samoa (laughs) for two years, guys. He's an expert. Yeah. How do you say brother in Samoan? Uso. Yeah, I knew it. (laughs) And how do you make it plural? Uso. (laughs) Okay. That's what I also was confused about, because it seemed like they were using it as a plural sometimes. Yeah, the... Pluralization in Samoan is all in the pronouns, not the, or like in, I don't know, there's some in the article of, yeah, in the article that makes it plural. Okay. Well, I was, I thought you'd love those Samoan scenes, but they definitely filmed it in Kauai. I know that because I was in Kauai a month ago and did a tour of the Napoli coast, a boat tour, and they were pointing out the places where they filmed it. Well, it just didn't look like Samoa or feel like Samoa, like no, no classic cars. I don't know what that was. (laughs) No, they're sending them all over the world from their shop. <laughs> yeah, very efficient. Yeah, like every time they need a new part, a different their part, they're like, uh, "Can you ship it to us?" But so I guess I thought the act, I thought the set pieces weren't that good, and the dialogue wasn't that funny. So this movie just did not come together for me. Yeah, those trucks at the Ukraine plant—they were pimp. They're like not quite. Land Rover, right? There's some other. Yeah, it was like a it was a weird SUV. Looked like a stealth kind of SUV. Yeah, I love that. That's the only thing I liked in the movie. Oh yeah, my other favorite part of the movie was the look on the sister's face when the brother kisses the Russian, um, whatever mafia woman. Yeah, just and, the shock. Yeah, and it cuts back to her face, and it's so bad. It's like. She's just like, she can't believe it, but it looks like a teenager doing bad acting for an audition. 
Yeah, Vanessa Kirby had sort of a similar role in the Mission Impossible movie, right? Where, <laughs> I don't know, sort of like femme fatale, but it's much better in that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is the difference, I guess. Uh, I also thought Ryan Reynolds was just being Deadpool. Like, yeah, well, he loves it. He loves that character so much. Like that style, that that viewpoint. Yeah. Was and he that, was he in the other Fast and Furious? I don't think so. I don't think we've ever seen him in that movie before. So that series. So he's just a cameo here, kind of too. Yeah. And then and had, the guy from Catastrophe. Yeah. Who I love. He's funny. He's so just funny. Just not in this movie. No, he was funny in this movie. Did you think Ryan Reynolds wasn't funny too? I didn't think he was very funny. It was just his, he was so over the top. He was so over the top. I thought the catastrophe guy was hilarious in this film. I guess he, he beat me up in a bar in 1992 and doesn't remember me, so. <laughs> yeah. Just, and just, I just love his delivery. I think he's a genius. Yeah, okay. I, I recently rewatched the scene where he's in Deadpool 2. <laughs> oh, man, it's, he's so funny. Uh, yeah, he's, he is a funny guy, but. He only had like two minutes of screen time, so that's not going to redeem this movie. No, it's not. Probably less. I'd say 30 seconds. I do wonder yeah. if Ryan Reynolds got him hired, though. <laughs> Maybe. Well, like, there, I don't know. There are just too many, like, they appear in different places or how the air marshal could get them a jet to Samoa. Like, <laughs> this movie's plotting was so bad. Like, what this guy was going to do with the virus. Who's controlling Idris Elba? Like, they totally set it up for a sequel, or maybe it's going to be the next villain in the real Fast and Furious movie, but I didn't think it was that interesting. No, it was silly. Poor Idris Elba. How how mad do you think the other Fast and Furious characters are that they they didn't get to be in this movie? Well, I know. I think it's the other way around. Like... Do you know the history of how this movie became to be? No, what is it? I can't I can't exactly remember it, but it was like it was like the franchise gave a contract to Dwayne Johnson and uh who's the other guy? Oh <laughs> shoot. Whatever his name is. Uh they they gave him a contract to be in a certain number of Fast and Furious films. And then they didn't really I think what I heard I could be wrong, so don't quote me, listeners, but I think they like weren't they didn't like them and they didn't want to keep putting them in or something or the other characters didn't like them the other actors didn't like them so to fulfill their contractual obligation they had to make this film with just them because they had promised them a certain number of Fast and Furious films. Oh, I do know like Vin Diesel did not like working with The Rock. Yeah, so I think that's what happened. So I don't think they were sad at all to not be in this film. <laughs> nope, and after watching it, I wouldn't be either. Yeah, because the Fast and Furious films are usually very, very good. Yeah, there's more thought put into it. The plot makes a little bit more sense, even though the stunts are still ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, the villains aren't cartoon characters, at least. Yeah, okay. Is there anything else you liked <laughs> or didn't like that we haven't talked about yet? Oh, I just hated the little story with the daughter or how she was somehow important, but really just ridiculous. Like him talking on the phone to her when the... When the female spy escapes. Like, come on. Oh, that's so cheesy. So cheesy. 
It's so I, it's so Dwayne Johnson. He, he can't hear this guy he, being beat up in the room behind him. Yeah, ridiculous. No. Uh, sorry, there's one more thing that I have to make fun of. They are in the Ukraine, and I think they escape, and they're trying to figure out where to go next. And out of this suit that The Rock has been wearing, he pulls the picture of him and his brother when they're children. <laughs> it's like, what pocket is that coming out of? <laughs> why did you take that? Why did you pack that guy? Like, why not a picture of your actual daughter? But he's like, I know where we can go. <laughs> so bad. It's, ba- it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ty. Out of five, how are you going to rate Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw? It gets a one. I concur. I will also give this movie a one. <laughs> it's always good to do a one every once in a while. Keeps you keeps you honest. <laughs> don't go see it, guys. I don't know why you would have listened to this podcast without seeing it, but I agree. Don't go see it. <laughs> uh, I guess Re- Remy is the one person I know who does listen without watching the movies. <laughs> okay. I think Marin does. Well, and that's our audience, so... <laughs> Whatever. There's a couple more. That's true. Someone else told me recently they, they listen, so... We're so grateful was, for all of you. Yeah. Um, all right, Ty, what else do you have to recommend for the re-listeners? Well, I went to Hearst Castle this week. Have you ever been there? I haven't, and I was an employee of the Hearst Corporation for a while. You were? Yeah. When? That job in South San Francisco I had. Oh, okay. Interesting. It was a division of Hearst Health. Okay. Well, uh, the thing that I found interesting was you go to, you got this castle in Central California, and uh, the um, Orson Welles made Citizen Kane, the movie, based on him. Did you know that? I did not know it was based on him. And well, which which Hearst, the newspaper one. The newspaper one. And and he paid a, a movie reviewer a lot of money to give it a bad review because he was really mad. Hearst was mad. Oh, funny. But I just thought it was like, that's the best revenge ever or diss ever. It's the best diss ever to make one of the greatest movies ever made totally making fun of how this guy's obs- He's obsessed with both, char- both Hearst and the character in the film are obsessed with collecting old artifacts and think that that's so important and kind of live in these mansions. Um, so yeah, anyway, I thought that was great. And it's also connected to this other thing I learned in the last two weeks ago, which is Hearst was rich and had the money to do all that stuff with his newspapers and radio stations and his mansion in California because his father on a total almost whim paid $5,000 for a silver mine in Park City, Utah, that ended up creating over the lifetime of the mine something like $500 million worth of silver. Or wow. Or some crazy ratio. And so that's how he uh, had the money to let his son, you know, start newspapers and buy newspapers. Yeah. The re- thing I'm going to recommend is also Hearst-related, which is what? very strange. What? But the HBO show Deadwood had a mo- they made a movie this year, so they, they made three they made three seasons about ten years ago, 
And this year, the, all the actors came back together. Timothy Oliphant, uh, Ian McShane, and they made a movie. And George Hurst, the father who did all the mining, is one of the characters from the TV show. And he comes back for the movie as well. And is he a miner? Um, by the time he's in this show, he's already been more established. So he's like more of an investor. He doesn't do the actual mining. Yeah. He's, he's kind of the heavy in the second uh, or third season of the show. Okay. You, I think you liked that show, right? I, I really liked Deadwood. I never watched it. Yeah. I like it. And the movie was good, but it was fun. Okay. That's cool. It's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us for another episode. Sorry if you saw this movie, but come back next time for a better one, we promise. Uh, I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. Have, uh, maybe take the earbuds out and start listening to that lecture now. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, a college student. You got it. Uh, maybe take those headphones, those noise-canceling headphones off and uh, help your screaming child. Sir. Get back to work. <laughs> these are all great. We could use all these. Or listen. Yeah, I could use these. Or listen to another episode. You earned it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>